This is a Vision Australia radio podcast. Let's speak to Caitlin O'Day. First time we've spoken to Caitlin from uh, a very interesting organisation called Catholic Health Australia. And uh, they've got some interesting thoughts they'd like to share with us. Caitlin, lovely to meet you. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Now, you, as in uh, Catholic Health Australia, have uh, made an interesting submission. Tell us a bit about this. Yeah, so... Look, we, we want to tell the world about out-of-hospital care and we want every patient who wants to have care outside of the hospital to have that choice. And that isn't happening right now? For some lucky people it is, but uh, funding is sporadic, so it's just really luck of the draw and, and most people don't. So we're talking here about, in our submission, funding reform so that all patients who might like to have care at home could have that the choice. Now, is this for people who would say have private health cover or for anyone? This is for people who would have private health insurance cover. People in public hospitals already have access to these things. Public hospitals have have caught up and private hospitals are lagging. So what we're talking about is you know, bringing the, the private sector up to where the public is already at. So I've got private health cover cup, Caitlin, and I guess I don't, I don't need you to ask me what my uh, cover is, but would that be covered or is this an extra sort of cost or would it be sort of woven into a conventional sort of uh, private health cover policy? Yeah, that should be a simple question and the answer is, is not simple and I guess that's actually the crux of what we've said in our submission. So if you, like you say, you have uh, cover, that's great. If you need to go to hospital, then it's really simple. You know what you're covered for mm. and you can go to hospital and you can be rest assured that your health insurer will have to pay something towards that care. But those same rules don't apply if you wanted to have care outside of the hospital. So that's what we're looking to change in actual fact is to make that baseline, well, if you, if you choose to be covered in hospital, you choose, sorry, if you choose to be uh, treated in hospital or you choose to be treated at home, it should just be simple. Is that appropriate for you? Do your clinicians think that's a good idea? And if so, well, funding should follow your choice. But currently the answer to your question would be really complicated. You'd have to call up your insurer. You wouldn't be able to find this information out online probably. And if you wanted, for example, to receive dialysis or, or chemo or palliative care at home. And, you know, we're not talking about everything. Hospitals always have a place for car crash victims and surgical interventions. But mm. for the things that you could conceivably be treated for at home, you need to call them up and they'd ask you where you lived, uh, what hospital you wanted to go to, and all that would feed in and you'd just be crossing your fingers and hoping that they said, actually, yes, we, we've chosen to have a contract with that provider and, yes, it's available to you. But for most people, it wouldn't turn out they were covered. I was going to ask the obvious question in terms of um, how appropriate it would be depending on your condition, but you've kind of outlined that that would be for conditions that uh, you, know, you and your medical uh, people, if you like, your, your healthcare professionals would say, yes, this would be okay for you to receive at home, as indeed, as you pointed out, it happens in uh, if you're in the public area. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, it's not as revolutionary as it sounds. Like I said, you're not going to be having brain surgery on your couch, but for something like dialysis... <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, no we're, we're not there. But for something like dialysis, people who have kidney failure and need dialysis, it's this is absolutely life-changing. Like, I can't emphasise enough how life-changing it is for them because to have dialysis in a hospital, it's six hours a day, most days a week, which is just incompatible with having a normal life because that's just so much of your time. But for people who can receive dialysis at home, 
the big wheelie bin sized dialysis machine gets plumbed in either next to their bed or next to their couch and at a time that suits them, which plenty of people choose overnight, they just hook up to the machine and it dialyzes for six hours while they're sleeping and they wake up and have a normal day. So this is life-changing. I mean, otherwise it's like having a, another full-time job, isn't it, when you're Absolutely. that sort of treatment? Caitlin, um, I read in your uh, submission uh, a very powerful story about uh, a young lady who was talking about her mum who was in palliative care. And uh, you want to share a little bit of that story with us? It's, it's obviously very, very powerful. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people at home that can um, identify with it. Yeah, so... Look, um, I represent 75 fantastic hospitals who already operate loads of these out-of-hospital programs and quite a few of them are, like you mentioned, palliative care at home, which is just so lovely to hear about. We we often don't like to talk about palliative Mm, care, but it's a fact of life and we should make it as good as we can. And when you ask most people, most people say at the end of their life they would like to be cared for at home and lots of people say they'd also like to die at home. And so the story you're talking about is a wonderful story from uh, St. Vincent's Brisbane, and they offer world-class palliative care at home, and they have been for years. Might I add, only two health insurance funds fund that. So looping back to your initial question, that's over 30 health insurers who don't. Mm-hmm. So if you're lucky enough to be with one of the two that do, then this is available to you. Otherwise, no, sorry. <laughs> and that wonderful story is from a a mother who was at the end of her life. She really didn't want to go back into hospital and St. Vincent's Brisbane cared for her at home. And as uh, she got closer to the end of her life in discussions with her family and the hospital, she decided that actually maybe at the very pointy end hospital was the most appropriate place for her. And this program absolutely facilitated that. So she was transferred back to hospital and she had a wonderful experience and her daughter, yeah, spoke to us and was very proud to and just wants to shout from the rooftops that this is something that we should be offering all patients if that's their choice. And I guess, Caitlin, it's not just the patients, but the family. Absolutely the family. You're quite right. And we ask the families, you know, very gently and if they'd like, after they've gone through something like this, if they'd like to do some feedback. And the feedback is off the charts. People love this program. They have just incredible things to say about the carers who delivers the service and just... Yeah, I can't emphasise enough how positive the feedback is. So you've made the submission. Where do we go to from here? Yeah, so look, what we're saying is that we want funding change. So the problem isn't that we need to evolve these programs. These programs already exist. They have done for a very long time. Um, But our healthcare funding system hasn't evolved. And so what we're saying is that this is safe, effective, patients love it, clinicians love it. And so let's move all the barriers that are stopping this being widely available to patients. So let's have some funding change. So is that legislative as in uh, Parliament needs to do something or the, the uh, uh, private health companies have to do something or where yes. does it start? Yeah, I mean, we're in discussions with private health insurers all the time on this and others. And like we've mentioned, some health insurers are doing the right thing and do fund some of these great programs. But yeah, we'd be looking for some legislative change. So there's lots of legislation around private health insurance and it wouldn't be a big change. What we've specifically outlined as a solution in in the submission you're talking to is just extending default benefits 
to cover this. And what it sounds complicated, but it's not. It's just a consumer safety net and it's a safety net that gives people with private health insurance access to private hospital services. And so we're saying let's just redefine slightly what private hospital services means and if hospital equivalent care is happening at home, let's fund that too. Caitlin, you put your case very well. I've got my hand up. I'd vote for that, but uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I don't make that decision. But thank you for sharing that with us. I know it's obviously a a very delicate issue. You've handled it very, very well. I'm sure there'd be many people that would agree with you. We might keep in touch with you on this and, and hopefully we might have some uh, good news in the not too distant future. But uh, as I say, you've certainly put your case very, very well. Thanks so much. That's uh, Caitlin O'Day there. Caitlin is the Director for Health Policy at Catholic Health Australia. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Visit varadio.org for more. Vision Australia Radio. Blindness. Low vision. Opportunity.